0: Now, we gathered here on the universe at this time, this particular time, to listen to the 36 black notes of the piano. There's 36 black notes and 52 white notes. We don't mean to eliminate nothing, but we're going to just hear the black notes at this time, if you don't mind. You're listening to Black Girl from Eugene with Aisha. Aisha. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning into my show. We are doing something a little new on Facebook Live, so I'm not exactly sure if this is really going to work. I'm using a different, um, uh, I don't even know, like a setup here. Um, so I just want to get started, and I, before we do get started, I have a little uh, a little talk, a little sit down. Um, I've been getting a lot of information, a lot of people being super helpful and super wonderful about wanting to help with my show and like wanting to um, like suggest guests and have people come on my show, which I think is super nice. But I wanted to make sure that people really understood what the nature of my show is. Like the show is um, set up for people of color um, to have a space to talk about our truth, and and it's really a demonstration of what I believe is a failure of inclusivity where we are talking so much, you know, the society is talking so much about diversity, inclusivity, where when you talk to any black folks or any brown people um, and, we, and you hear our real conversations, you can understand and see why that that's actually not working um, and how it, it actually isn't inclusive because who we are as a whole is not being accepted still. So these conversations I'm having um, with the folks that I have on the show are about that um it's a space for us to talk very freely and truly and you guys are invited to listen in. Um if you have questions about what we're saying and you have comments about what you're saying, I love it and I will definitely break it down for you and um talk more about it so that you can understand where we're coming from with but I just want people to understand that is where um that is what this is all about. Um so with that being said, we will get started and I have my guest here Rasia Raja, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm really, really good. I'm actually sitting here, as you know, um, I'm trying to go through all this computer stuff that we had, and I'm trying to get to your bio, which is, is like, not letting me get there. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I'm, like, that was, like, the least of our problems about five minutes ago. Um, five and, minutes ago, right. Yeah, right? Totally. And now this is, like, totally my problem. And so I'm as That's I'm sitting so here... Funny doing this, I'm like, please let me out of this um, circle of, um, of, like, save, not save, and I'm trying to get to your to your bio, um, so that we can okay. just do this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here we go. reja is a priestess in the tradition of Palo Kimbisa. This is an ancient practice that has its roots in the Congo Basin. reja has been a practitioner for 20 years. In addition to this, she utilizes quantum healing, crystal energetics, Uh, tarot, astrology, and her clear abilities in her practice. Raja provides services to her clients as a certified intuitive life coach and holds a bachelor's degree in psychology. Um, I love all of that. And the truth of it is, (laughs) thank you. the truth of it is, (laughs) you're a black woman. And um, for me, I have a real hard time um, uh, with, with, Having to go through my spirituality and go through one to talk to people about people here in the Pacific Northwest about my spirituality uh-huh. and about my journey because they don't tend to be black. They are right. so when they are white practitioners and they're coming through with their crystals and their intuit, intuition, I don't. I there's just a there's just a spiritual block for me. There's just a I don't know that we are actually connecting in a way that they can actually hear hear and feel my pain. Um, we have yeah. a pain going by. Um, I don't know that they can actually see it spiritually. I don't trust the process as much. It doesn't feel as um, genuine. So I, Uh I love, one of the reasons, you know, when I first met you and we started talking about uh, what you do for a living? I was like, "Oh my god!" And she's like, "Beautiful, black," and she's like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's like all oh, in tune." And I'm so excited, and you know, it was just one of those uh, moments where I was just like taken aback because I we just don't find you around here. I mean, they're I'm not gonna say they're not here. It's just not plentiful, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. So we met um at a a gathering here in Eugene. <laughs> And we both. And I don't even
1: live in Eugene anymore. I mean, I lived there for eleven years, but yeah. I know. <laughs> so which is very. It was very divinely timed.
0: Super right, exactly. I don't. I don't like using random because that's not. Nothing's random, honey. <laughs> like, right. 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 Um. So yeah. So we both knew we had met sometime in the past. We recognized mm-hmm. each other like we're like I I know you from somewhere. Uh um, mm-hmm. huh. Right? We thought it was from school, like, back in the day. Um, Yeah. We both went through nursing, so maybe it was something like that. But it wasn't enough for us to be like, that's where I know you from. But it was definitely a feeling of, like, I absolutely know you from before.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, I know I know you. I've seen you before. I just can't place where. And it definitely could have been LCC. Yeah. Um, But we, right, like you said, we weren't able to, like... 100% 100% say that that's, that's
0: where it <laughs> We were like, was. Is, there's a connection here, we know it. Um, so, yep. okay, so you said you lived in Eugene for 11 years. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, so I'm an East Coast girl. I was born in Boston, raised between Boston and New York, till I was about uh, 9 or 10, and then um, w- moved to Florida with my mom. So my dad raised me, um, uh, you know, it was very rare at the time, a black man raising two daughters yeah. on his own. And yeah. our, our lifestyle was very, um, alternative. I grew up with everything that I'm doing now. My father is one of my biggest influences mm-hmm. and, um, and he had a hard time, you know, uh, the reason why I, I ended up li- um, going to live with my mom at the age of nine was because my dad had an, uh, a breakdown. He, you know. Um, he was a successful black man he you know studied acupuncture and astrology and Mm. um you know was a black panther and on the radio with queen afua at the time who was coming up and who's a very prominent healer in the um community in like new jersey new york area um has written plenty books and so he was like kind of running in that circle but like you know also raising these two girls and you know that was like going against the grain and you know eating organic before it was a thing and teaching us meditation and all of these things that, you know, um, we don't, you know, necessarily identify with in the African American community for so many reasons. Um, and it was really hard for him. So at nine years old, um, We, my sister and I went to go live with my mom, who is a Latina woman. Um, She, and then, you know, she did her uh, background uh, DNA stuff. And she's 20% Maghreb, which um, is a group of people in like the Morocco, Egypt, kind of northern African area. Um, She's 10% um, indigenous. Native American, we don't know exactly which tribe, and then the other 70%, she's um, Spaniard and Portuguese pretty evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, and living with her, she can definitely pass. You know, for a white woman, she's, you know, small, petite woman with brown hair and green eyes. Right. And myself and my sister are not that. And so it was right. very... Whole, whole, another universe, um, growing up with her and, um, you know, racism, microaggressions, you know. Right. Where did you grow up with her though?
0: Did she take you over to, did she bring you over to Florida? Here? Oh, she, oh, so you were in Florida with her as well.
1: Yeah, oh, okay. I was still on the East Coast okay. and then I left the East Coast when I was 26 and moved to Oregon mm-hmm. and, um, raised my children there. I knew that, you know, living in the city and I I was a teen mom and raising my children in the city is not what I wanted. And so I had a bunch of friends who had gone to Eugene and visited Corvallis and, um, were telling me how beautiful it was and how easy it is to raise a family there. So I said, okay, because I couldn't be a good mom and be a good, um, birth educator, because I was a labor and delivery doula at that time and a lactation educator Uh and wanted to go back to school for nursing and couldn't do it all. So I left and went to Eugene and stayed there for about 11 years. So and now I'm currently in Bend, Oregon.
0: And now you're in Bend. Girl, okay, yeah. can I just talk about how, like, since you've come to the West Coast, you picked all of the whitest places possible? <laughs> I did.
1: I sure did. But I did that strategically, and I'll tell you why. Because um, it, in largely black areas, um, unfortunately, black people don't receive the help that they need because we're seen as, you know, oh, we just want a piece of the system. We're lazy. We're this, we're that and um, oftentimes can't find the support that we need to get ahead and as you know um, we're already behind because we don't have white privilege and we don't have systems that are set up to help us to succeed the system is set up for us to fail um, or stumble so much that we succeed but it's so much later in life that you know and then we haven't been able to focus on our trauma and our healing that you know we then succeed in one area where in our emotional spiritual and mental Health
0: we're failing. I think um, that what, with what you're saying, I think that one thing that uh, sticks out to me, and as uh-huh. we're talking about it, is that like the the like you're saying that we don't black folks we don't really identify well with the spiritual and I'm and I'm air quoting the woo-woos. Not that right. in, in a in a majority sense, because obviously there's us out here that you know I'm learning astrology. My brother is an astrologer. Like you're uh-huh. you know all, deep into the into the spiritual world. Obviously that we're out here. But, like, in a general sense, when you start talking about it, and I think um, that that is a, a because this spiritual um, awakening it feels so European, when, when that is, like, such a great example of an appropriation that, yeah. that has been taken out of our spiritual being and seen as, um, you know, and I'm air quoting a white thing, um, that when it when the origins of this come from from Africa and India and, and into the ancients, where those aren't where white folks are. This comes from our being, and so that this this disconnect from um, from it being really a source and sense of damage. Um, exactly, right? To yeah, uh, well, and I think that sorry to interrupt but i think that you know
1: when we look at the practices right they they are mesopotamian they are asian they are um african Mm -hmm. they are indian these are all black and brown places right Mm -hmm. and um and they've been appropriated because the story has been shifted and we were given you know, go to church, you know, that's what we were given, we were given, like, uh, you know, how many years of oppression to say that your practices are wrong, and if you do them, you'll die, Right. you know, so there's so much fear, and so what my father worked to do, I mean, you know, before he um, scratched me, did my initiation, and made me a priestess and follow, we were going, I grew up in the Hare Krishna temple, so... Mm -hmm. He was very always striving to, you know, have us, you know, reclaim our roots. I remember, you know, at the dinner table, I must have been like, you know, I mean, this is earliest memories, like five, six, seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he would turn the table into the world and he would say, this was America and all the Native Americans lived here. And then he would show us how systematically that land was taken mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and how and, you know, who was involved, the major players, all of that. Right. And and then he would say, you know, you're a strong black woman, don't ever forget that. So this is how I grew up. And, and you know, so when he um, started learning Falo Kambisa and, and then brought me in, even with astrology, you know, I learned from a couple of people that he was definitely, you know, my biggest influence. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and so, you know, he brought me in to say, like, we have to reclaim our spirituality. We yeah. have to reclaim every piece of ourselves because this is not only, you know, harming us spiritually, but that is, you know, an imbalance because once you're, you know, affected you know, spiritually, then physically and mentally, that begins to show. And we are living lives of incongruency because we're not in alignment, you know, with our truth, which right. is, I mean, there's Egyptian yoga. Um, Wata Ashby, um, he used to do yoga in, in, um, in Florida, you know, on mm-hmm. the beach. Well. And I would, you know, go with him or, you know um Ashra these are some of the people that I would you know talk with and and uh Dr. Leila Africa you know yeah. th- these are amazing people who are you know really at the forefront um been you know Queen Afua as I mentioned before so
0: right, right. So, yeah. so it's interesting your dad was so um was so in tune with his spirituality did where, where how far removed was he from this? I mean, like where? We, I, oh often, my gosh, I, yeah. Often I talk about like the, you know, when we have children of mixed heritage, um, the person who we always we often talk about the mother, um, and that's being the sense of of um, of culture coming through. That is basically assuming that the mother was the one who was raising you um, uh-huh. from from the early on when you're building your foundation of identity. Uh-huh. And for you, it was your father who also was black. So your identity and your foundation is coming from a black perspective. Um, and Yeah. So, right. And so that generally takes away a lot of the questioning later on when you're really sure about either one side or the other. Um, that's just from my experience talking and, and interviewing and, and living, you know, <laughs> seeing how yeah. this works and talking to people. So where did your dad, I mean, because I'm assuming you and I are about the same age, right? We're like early, uh-huh. late 30s, early 40s, yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm wondering, like, that means your dad, um, where was he, where was this coming from for him? Like, I think about my parents and how I was raised and, you know, my parents come from St. Louis. Um, they were both artists. They were both, my dad is a philosopher. My mother was a nurse. Brilliant. Um, so I, you know, you get these like where you, where you came into your perspective you come from your obviously your parents and where they got their perspective where did your right. dad hold on to this being a black man you know um Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: that's a really good question because um I mean, my family it's interesting, you know, my he has two sisters, my oldest aunt worked for New York City Transit, retired really well is doing really well. And then my other aunt, his younger sister, um, she got her master's in child psychology, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, and is an educator. And so, um, my, I don't know where this all came from except for that. I mean, I do know, and I'm going to tell you, but it didn't come from any, um, it didn't come from any, Influence of his mother, his father. I mean, my my grandmother and my grandfather worked hard. My grandfather Grady Pouncy was a, a chef, and my grandmother was like the first in her family. They're from Georgia, and like you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they were. She was one of the first in her family to go to school. She went to nursing school, and you know, she got pregnant from a sailor who was just porting in town for a little while, and then. You know she went from Georgia to New York to find her man you know and come to find out lo and behold he had a whole other family Mm. and you know she subsequently found my grandfather and they started their family so my my oldest aunt is from another father but um but yeah to give you a little background my dad had no there was there was no um tangible influence but my gifts run on both sides of my family so okay. on my grandmother's side there was a lot of like um intuition a lot of spiritualism a lot of so what i'm trying to say is that it was ancestral yeah definitely yeah and okay. my father and and this is what i strongly believe that in every lineage there is that one person who is supposed to change the night the dynamics shift yes. the that the trajectory of the family, um, and that person was my dad, and he had he paid for it. You know, this yeah. wasn't easy for him. He you know was ostracized by my grandfather as like being too soft because you know that's a definite thing that runs in the African American community, right and you know um you know why was he into music and theology and you know philosophy and all these things like why couldn't he just you know do you know what everybody else was doing and fit in quote unquote and so he definitely um was like you know i don't know i guess like the outsider in the family
0: yeah the the air quote black sheep you know yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: um, so, yeah, it was, and, you know, and he, but I just have amazing memories of my childhood, just him doing acupuncture on me in our living room, wow. and us, you know, eating bran muffins for <laughs> breakfast <laughs> or for dessert, or, you know, eating a whole watermelon, or um, even, like, you know, meditations with crystals, and, like, he would play... Um, you know, like people are into like binaural beats. I was doing that when I was like five, my dad would play them on tape cassettes to like, um, put us to bed and they had like, you know, subliminal messages in them for healing our chakras. And, you know, um, he would put pyramids, like he would show us how to meditate with pyramids on our heads. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was definitely different growing up and he was definitely different. Um, and it was hard for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that influence was really there, you know, um, but for him it was more ancestral, I would say, yeah. for sure.
0: So, um, clearly, and I don't know that people who are listening are following, um, the idea that we're talking about is this, um, and the reason why we, we I really wanted to have this conversation with you on the show, was that we were talking about, uh, spirituality, um, and how it affects the black collective, we were talking about a spiritual bypassing, um, and the, particularly because of where we are located up here, or where I'm located, well, you're here in Bend, this Pacific Northwest, this practice that people have here of spiritual bypassing. And I think we should define spiritual bypassing so people can yeah. understand what, yeah, like what level we're talking about here. And then, um, obviously the widely accepted idea of cultural appropriation up in the Pacific Northwest, um. Having uh, indigenous folks here, uh, what's interesting is like down south where I ha- spent a good part of my adult years uh, in Texas. You know, Native Americans are like you know indigenous folks. Of the land aren't seen as as plentiful as they are here, and uh-huh. here it's like they they still aren't. It's like the hand is right you know right over their mouth. Oh, like yeah, yeah. And so, but it's it's so the uh, the audacity for me. Uh, of it here and everywhere for all black and brown folks of the level of bypassing that yeah. goes on to protect the fragility of people who really are um, are watching. I'm, I'm sorry, people who really are participating in it that just mm-hmm. don't want to be called out. They just want to participate. They just want to like if I'm you know if I'm not doing it, who will? You know, a, a shaman told me I could. Um, I don't see what's racist about it. You know, um, and so it's those type of ideas and we, we describe them as microaggressions. We describe them as spiritual bypassing, all of this kind of, but, but there's definitions that are very distinct for both of those things. And both yes. of those things ride really hard for black spirituality, for black people. Like we walk right. around and we talk, you know, the black folks here, we all, all almost, like I've never met not one black person here that we don't talk about how depressing that we feel or how heavy it feels to be here or how, like, we're just trying to make another day, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and uh-huh. and I, I think it's, it's important as we're talking about it that, like, we understand that we're a spiritual being, you know? We can talk real technically about the melanin. We can talk real technically about the hair. Um, but the truth of it is is that, you know, that's the defining the spiritual bypassing for people who are listening, I think is super important because, yeah. um, yeah. Cause it's something that's like prevalent and really right. destructive. So go for it. Yeah.
1: So first I want to kind of rewind a bit because this is going to be important later. Um, You were mentioning about my mom and, you know, like, um, you know, identifying with the mother growing up because that's usually the person, you know, and all this stuff. And I want to say for people who don't visually see me, I am a light-skinned black woman. I, you know, um, maybe to the world I would present, I mean, I've gotten Filipino, I've gotten Latina, Mm -hmm. I've gotten Hawaiian, I've gotten all these things. Um, And I want to make it clear that race... (laughs) is what, you know, it's it's a, there's so many pieces to it, and there is how the world sees you, there's how you see you, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitions. It, it's it's not just a, a one-piece kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, I want to make that clear. For me, yes, I was brought up by my black father, A, and also B, um... For me, it's it's deeper than that. The world isn't going to see me as a white woman. Right. Therefore, therefore, I am. You know, you know, a, a black woman. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, you know, sugarcoat it, coat it, or or you know, um,
0: Put I guess next like to cut
1: it. up. Right, cut up what it is that I am, and say, oh well, I'm Latina. You know, but my dad's black, or whatever it is. For, for, and what other other people do is their business but for me you know um I have I have been at the brunt of a lot of you know face-to-face you know not both covert and overt racism um my children have you know who their father is Latino so you know they're lighter skinned than me if you can imagine mm-hmm. and it's been there. So I just wanted to first make that clear that, mm-hmm. you know, um I identify as a black woman because that's what the world sees me as. Right. It doesn't matter what, you know, I think I am, although I also think I'm black. But if right. I thought that I was something else <laughs> right. it wouldn't matter. <laughs> so, um I just wanna make Girl, that clear. That is that.
0: a heavy statement for a lot of white women who have brown kids and those brown kids who are who See themselves like I had a conversation where she's like I saw myself in the mirror for the first time and was like whoa I, I don't look like I'm not I'm not white when they thought totally and not. felt <laughs> very white you know yep. like I don't look my part and that's a whole nother conversation girl huge but thank you for clarifying huge. that Cla- yeah, yeah
1: I just wanted to clarify that but so to define spiritual bypassing um, this is a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to side sidestep. Um, A, A, our unresolved personal, emotional issues, psychological wounds, unfinished developmental tasks, but it's also a way to avoid reality, right? (laughs) Because we can can be so, um, I mean, we can be so in our spiritual, oh, like, you know, well... I am a spiritual being, I'm a light being and, you know, that person knows that you know, I don't operate from ego. Right. So, I don't <laughs> right. so I don't have to apologize. Yes. You know? Oh my god,
0: that is like, the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's kind of like that. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm good with what I did and I my I'm spiritually sound with what I've done, so I'm good. Right. And I know yes. that in the
1: astral <laughs> You know, yeah. the beings, God, spirit, source universe has absolved me of all of my wrongs. Right. You know? Um so that's the bullshit, that's the fuckery. Right. Oh sorry. I know. My bad.
0: Don't worry, I got you, girl. I dumped I w- it. It's fine. it's fine. I wasn't
1: supposed <laughs> to say that. <laughs> um when I start getting going, uh, my grandmother comes out and she was. Girl, a major right, don't worry.
0: I got you. I got you dumped. You're all right. I, okay. I mean, we took it out, but you're right. That's where all of the. That's where the, the nonsense. The nonsense. There. That's a better way. <laughs> well, and it's happened. not
1: taking ownership, right? Because yeah. it's it's saying that. Well, what then? We all live in this invisible world in the sky, and we don't talk, and we don't have emotion, and we don't have mental health. I mean, come on, you know. And also, it's
0: it's not. mm -hmm. No, sorry to interrupt, but it's like the idea is like you—you don't—you cannot be not responsible for your actions right here, present. They don't get absolved. You know,
1: you need to understand because this is and this is what I teach in my practice to anybody that I work with. Even when I'm doing tarot card readings, I I'm not looking at the tarot cards and saying, oh, I see two kings here and two queens, which means, you know, other people are doing this to you. No, because whatever you're calling into your experience, you agree to. That's why it's showing up. So let's talk about you and why you are A, you know, exhibiting this action towards another, or B, attracting this situation into your existence. Right. Because we can't do anything about anybody else outside of ourselves. We Mm -hmm. have to be the example. And so in my spiritual practice, I really preach people embodying the light. That Mm -hmm. does not mean being outside of your body. Okay. Light workers, um, uh, priestesses, uh, elders of the community. We are here to lead, to guide, and the best way we can do that is by in, by being the example. And, and our goal is to bring the etherical down into the body so that we can explain the unexplainable and mundane ways that people can utilize it and apply it to their lives.
0: So and you- the way that, uh huh. No, no, I didn't want to interrupt. I I just thought about what, while you were saying that. Um I think the misconception that I hear mostly um is that the spiritual when they're spiritually bypassing, it's kind of as if like what you're saying is that they it's it's almost like and I don't like that holier than thou like they 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 don't quite understand that what their actions are doing here on this very earth like on this actual present day like right now is translating into your spirit. Like it's a Oh, definitely. Right? right. And so because you can't we, go well, around because nothing
1: it. right. So cuz nothing happens without divine consent. So we Consented to being here and the purpose of being here, especially if you're a priestess, light worker, guide, spiritual guide of any sort or kind, teacher, you know any, anything like that, is to um, is to embody right, to to uplift, and so our job here is to uplift and and increase, heighten the vibration on Earth and to assist and support Mother Earth, so if that's what we're here to do, then yes, everything that you do here matters, Mm -hmm. and you need to take ownership and responsibility, and so, you know, um, what that looks like racially (laughs) is, you know... I hear the biggest one that I hear is and and then they they intersect right bypass spiritual bypassing and cultural appropriation often intersect in the spiritual community because what I hear often is oh well I had a visit from this guide or this deity or this thing and they told me that I in a past life Was in this African tribe, or I visited Africa better yet, and they told me that I was part of this spiritual tribe. And I'm like, great, congratulations, because I fully believe that. Let me just start there and say that the soul is, it's like a, a necklace, right? So the soul is this string. And then every pearl or every gem placed on that string is the soul's experience. It's your incarnate. It's, you know, every Mm -hmm. piece of information your soul has ever encountered. And we know that energetically, the soul never dies. It just transmutes, transforms. So so yes to that. However... This is what I always tell people that this is the body and this is the life that you are currently living in. So this comes first.
0: Right. Don't
1: you can't live here and say that you're a, oh, well, I'm a black woman, you know, I was a black woman in my last life, so I can <laughs> like, so live like that much. in this life. Like <laughs> so no, pretty much. Because now mean. we're talking about, you know, especially in the in the racial climate that we're living in. Right. 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 It's it's not okay, and right. what what then happens is you are spiritually bypassing because you're using the excuse of reincarnation to avoid your
0: whiteness. Right, right, and I think that that idea of of the fact that you, if you are really truly believing in a spiritual being that you are a spiritual being, if you're if you're there consciously, um, and to realize that you're here in this world as a white person, woman, man, uh, trans. However, you're presenting white in this culture, then there is a there is a narrative that is. Oh, well, there's a responsibility. There's a responsibility, and I believe, like I think, my previous guest, um, one I don't know which week if it was last week, but uh, she was a white woman, and she said it like I would never you know, um, heard someone be so direct about it, which was awesome. She was like, if you really want to be helpful to any kind of culture, you need to know what you did, what our culture as white folks did. Like, you have to really understand what we have done. And how it's
1: continually being perpetuated. And
0: you got to understand that in a very real way. And without it, you know, that bypassing of, like, I don't really count because... It's not, that's not how I live my life. That's not how I believe in my day, yeah.
1: Right, and here's another one. Everybody's doing these, you know, 21andMe, Ancestor.com, and they're finding out that they have black lineage, right? They're, oh my God, I'm 20% black, I'm 30% black. And now they're saying, well, that's my excuse. And I can now, um, you know, one of my huge pet peeves is, you know, All these um, white women, you know, going to Jamaica or going to, you know, other um, predominantly black spaces, Brazil, Mm -hmm. anywhere and learning these dances that are and then bringing them back here. And saying, "I know Zumba now. Come learn Zumba with me," and charging for it, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're saying, "Oh well, I can do it because I did my twenty-one and me, and I'm twenty percent black, right? Right? So, so the other, the other white women are wrong, but me, I'm right doing it. It's okay for me to do it because I did my twenty-one and me, and it's and it goes back to and this is why I wanted to interrupt you at the beginning, uh, before I. Uh, Define spiritual bypassing because I wanted to tell you my background to say that it doesn't matter if you're 20%, 30% black. If this world is identifying you as a white woman, they're not going to say, you know, you're you're helping to perpetuate white privilege. That's Mm -hmm. it, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, because you're part of a system and you need to be responsible for that. And we all, all of our, you know, all of us spiritual woo-woo alternative people want to say, fuck the system, sorry again, (laughs) but (laughs) we want to say like, forget about the system. I'm not part of the system, but the reality is, is that you are. And I learned this firsthand. I've done a lot of traveling. I've been to a lot of different countries and and what comes out to me most is how American I am. Right. And and it's a very humbling experience to admit that. And right. To, and to lit, live in it and to see it. Because then I have to admit that, A, I'm uh, American. B, I am part of a system, no matter how alternative I'm living. Right. And C, that system is very Anglo. Right. And, 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 and I exhibit some of that within myself. Right. And within my the way I move through spaces. Right. right. And, um, and, and so if I have to admit that, you know what I mean? I think it's, it's, you know, it would behoove us all to really look at that and, and, you know, see how that impacts the world around us. So if you are saying, you know, Oh, I did my DNA and, you know, I, I knew I always felt because I, you know, I'm 10% Cherokee Indian. And now I found out that, my great-great-great-great-granddaddy somewhere in the back had sex with a black woman, and, okay, well, he probably raped her. You know, right. let's just be honest about that. And and then we have to then bring that into present day and say it doesn't give you the right to do whatever it is that you're doing and say that it's not cultural appropriation.
0: I think that a lot of people, the, what I find, you know, um, here is a lot of people tend to believe, and it's kind of like the same idea. I, I thought it was interesting that you thought, Um, with the spiritual teaching, like, you know, I went to Brazil and they said I was a shaman and, um, they taught me all of these things and now I am one and it's all good. So I can come here and do that. And there's not, you know, um, anyone of color, anyone from Brazil, anyone around them. Um, they're oh, wow. servicing white other white folks because you know that. Then again, that wow. idea of like, well, that's all the people who are here. So that's what I do. But then there's never a a, um, a checks and balancing for these folks, and I I feel like that spiritual bypass for me is uh, is so um, it I it's a, it's one of those those really unfortunate um, switches that happen with capitalism. And brown uh-huh. folks, brown folks all over the world, needing to needing money, and we are um, uh, teaching these folks for because uh-huh. they're paying. <laughs> you know, right. um and then or and, and if they're not paying actual money, they're bringing things in to to um act that where these brown folks in which they are taking their spiritual practices don't have regular access. So they bring it. So they're like, "Well, it's fair, right? Like I gave them something right. they needed and they gave me something I wanted. Right. And now Except I'm for- I'm blessed with this ability to now <laughs> to give exactly. it to everyone, right?" And Except that, for the fact that
1: the the exchange was not even. So even if you paid a shaman fifty thousand dollars to teach you X, Y, and Z, then you bring it back to America and you're pay, you're charging thirty three thousand per head per ceremony. I mean, do the math. Right. You're making over that in one year. And you, you know you, what I mean. The,
0: and I don't know how many people are sending that money back right
1: exactly right. so that's the other thing i wanted to touch on so you know what I, this is what i would like to see you know you go to another country you feel so called to i mean for me i can say ayahuasca because i'm a dimista. i've been drinking plant medicine for 3 years mm-hmm. and i began with um for the first 2 years with colombians mm-hmm. um my madrina who is maria isabel and then her partner juan pablo um they they for 17 years learned in the jungles of Columbia And then brought the medicine with them And they hold um, Shamanistic circles and journeys mm-hmm. And um, And that's who I first learned from And then I came to the Santo Dime and I'm here in, in Bend, Oregon and, and my church is Predominantly white mm-hmm. And um, So a couple of things Like what I would like to see In those particular instances Because it gets a little sticky right It's yeah. like um, for me, as a plant, as a as a, a partaker of plant medicine on a regular basis, um, I do know that plants have wisdom. They are beings, and they um, that that you know they are our allies. And when we think about um, the need to have that medicine, yes, it needs to be brought here. Um, And sometimes, you know, the person who brings it is white Mm -hmm. and I and I don't want to take away from that because the medicine is asking to be brought here because Mm -hmm. we need healing and 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 white folks do need it. Mm -hmm. They absolutely do to be confronted with themselves, confronted with their ego, confronted with their shadow and absolve themselves in whatever way or educate themselves or humble themselves. Um, so that's a piece of it. Um, but if you can, you know, um, send money back, if you can, you know, educate where this medicine comes from, what's going on in the rainforest, how these people are being affected in real time. And, and also instead of you coming to bring the medicine, pay for these people to come over and teach and educate. Right. Right. Or if you're bringing people, you know, there, make sure you're dealing with um, indigenous people, um, not just white folks who have gone to Peru or anywhere else, Brazil, and set up some, you know, um, workshop that they do, and you know, to make money. But make okay. sure you're bringing them to the indigenous people, and that you know, you get enough money to get your plane ticket home, but these people have enough money to feed their village, right. you can know? We, can
0: we just talk about for a moment, like, the, that issue with what you're saying is so yeah. pure, you're, it's so pure, and it's such, a, it's such a, an idea of actual reciprocation, but what we normally see, and like I said, this is all generalizations, this is from my experience, your experience, but what I see is all of a sudden, the, the people that they are bringing here is like, all of a sudden, they're their lovers, they're their husbands, they're they the they're oh my brown. gosh! It's can like, we it's not, talk about that? Right, it's not right. like what what like what? Why couldn't they, why couldn't you bring them why over in the just sense be? that you? Right? <laughs> well, because the thing is, is that this is the white culture. This yes. is the. And
1: you know, it's conquer. It's you know, whether it's oh well I but fell that's in love also with that. No, but you, what you did was you wanted to have some ownership. Yes. You wanted to have ownership over that you is know the sexuality. Yes. 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 That's a total bypass. Yes. Because then I mean, and you know, I lived in Eugene for eleven years, so let's talk about it. All these white women there who are teaching African dance. It's disgusting to me. Because why? Because they went to Africa, they learned some dances, somebody told them they could do it, and then they met some black man who's a drummer, brought him here, had a few brown babies, and now they, you know, oh, and mind you, the man is no longer with them because he comes here and he sees that he can have, like, three wives and they're all white. Right. And, and then...
0: Or his man quota and then, money and and moves on. Right, yeah. Yeah. and then the,
1: and then the wife or the you know the white woman sends him back because she he didn't behave appropriately. Right. Okay, so let's let's unpack that. First of all, you're going to Africa and somebody tells you you can learn these dances. Do you understand the mental health, the impact? I mean, every black person you meet has PTSD in some way or another because of slavery. And this is cellular memory, okay? It is in our DNA. It has not been washed over unless you've done your work Mm -hmm. and you are, you know, you've confronted your healing, but most have not. Mm -hmm. And so when you go to these countries and people say, oh, well, they taught me, I mean... Hello, do you know what colonialism does to people? Right. It's internalized hatred and right. you know, and we in every commercial and every way. I mean, I've been to Africa, I've been to Ethiopia and they have a white Mary and a white Jesus in their house and they're yeah. black people. Yeah, You and know, it's right. still happening. They're deep so African cannot... people
0: like they've got their own there was there was a system before colonization and they can't exactly. even it, yeah.
1: So so you can't responsibly, as a white person, go to another country and get the permission of a shaman, of a somebody, without looking at the fact that these people have not been able to have space to reclaim their identity, body, mind, and soul, in any way.
0: That Because that, now, right, Africa is, deep- is
1: like, half-owned by China.
0: Right. That's, <laughs> so, but you know what? That takes, what you're saying, takes real responsibility It It goes way past that I felt it in my bones, the music spoke to me. It goes way past that. It goes into having actual reality right here in today's present day and go, what exactly is happening with with the idea of the colonization and how this continues as we speak? Even here in present day as we're speaking and we're talking about, you know, there's That whole level of, of, you know, um, inclusion and diversity and that that conversation people are having. And you and I are sitting here having this conversation, understanding that deeply in our spirit, deeply in our soul, that we understand where we can go safely and where we cannot go safely, even Uh spiritually. That is taught to us like you said through dna like this is a right. deep 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 wound this is and, a deep wound yes. that is still
1: being healed and 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 i'm glad you brought that up where we know where we can and can't go okay i practice palo cambisa. i wanted to go with one of my brothers to um the congo mm-hmm. and 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 learn palo cambisa uh in its in its true form because what i know was taught to my father by a puerto rican man so it you know brought out of the congo and and through slavery and through you know and so practices have been shifted and modified which is fine um but he had this opportunity to go and he's like oh no you can't go but do you know how many white people have gone to the congo
0: yeah yeah.
1: And, and they're and they're OK there. You know what I mean? Right. And so, it, you know, that speaks volumes to the fact that, you know, um, I mean, when I was a lactation educator, I have so many examples. You know, um, Nestle was sending uh, formula over to Haiti and babies were dying because it is the white woman, you um, Hallmark of American, you have arrivedness to breastfeed your baby or to to bottle feed your baby. When meanwhile, white women here in America are like, "Oh, I breastfeed. I don't even use that anymore." Right. Right.
0: Right. So
1: what's being what's being fed to these third world countries? What's being fed to um, you know predominantly non white um, countries and and how that is still you know, the, the, the pinnacle of success. I mean, even in Latin America, it's like, oh, if you're a dark skin person, you marry lighter so that your children can be lighter. I mean, it's taught to us in so many ways. It's intrinsic in so many ways. It's part of every system. Um, and, and this I think is why we have to practice spirituality, you know, anything we do with awareness, because how is it any different for you to go learn a dance in another country, and bring it back here, and then um, and then make money off of it. How is that any different than the people who are like, I'm going exploring, well,
0: you know, think, and they're going go the to go I think what the idea is that you, we're talking about spirituality, right? We're talking about right. you feeling spiritually moved and connected to a culture, to a people, to someone who you don't recognize in your own everyday world and if you're not going to do the work to understand the actual damage done and okay. and how you are just by continually put continually um uh, participating in that culture without understanding the real damage that has been done uh, you are yeah. bypassing you are getting you what are. you want when yep. you want it how you want it you are actually still working within your colon, your uh, colonization of power oppression. Brain. Right. Yeah. and oppression, right? And you're you, using your white privilege to do it. And you're using your white privilege to do it, and that is the bottom line. Period. <laughs> yeah. And I, and no, I don't. Right. And I think it's. Fr- I mean, the frustration that we have that when we, you know, we started talking about we were going to talk about the shadow side, right? And unfortunately, yeah. of course, this hour goes by so fast, and so like we only have like ten minutes <laughs> left, right? But um. The the shadow side the the truth the pain what what people don't want to talk about like what they you, don't want to face but yeah. they don't want to face is so prevalent so when you can put in I'm gonna meditate on it and then call it good um, is is really the issue like if you that that idea of being in your present day and understanding just by being who you are in this society with a pale complexion right uh-huh. you know uh-huh. what that is doing to the to the the collective if you are not actively working against uh against the oppression that that implies the privilege right. that that the privilege in which you're using every day you have to act it's so much work it's so much work you have to actively work against that just as brown, well, black right. and brown people have to actively work to be seen and to be heard you while safe right and to feel safe every day children you know, children, yeah. middle schoolers trying to figure out how to keep a a BSU space black. You know, and the teachers going, "Well, white folks should be here too." Like the the, the we're we're working hard every day to just yeah. be here. You know what I mean? Well, and I think and I think that
1: that requires a level of self awareness that. A, our American culture does not support, support.
0: yeah, I because know. then yeah. we would
1: have to be awake and it would dismantle the system, right? Um, and B, it ruins your fun because then what you can't use your white privilege anymore, darn, right? You know, right? And then,
0: and then you have to do as much, I mean, um, and then, like, what are you supposed to do with all these feelings you have? Like, you can feel the rhythm, you can feel the connection, you can feel it. I, I know, I'm I, it's in my soul. I know. It's, I I connect with the people from Mali like in a way that I never connect with anyone here in my family. I just am not connected. You're gonna have to slow <laughs> yourself down, Susan. Slow it down. Yeah. Slow it down. Roll. Yeah. Slow yeah, roll. Right. Like how
1: can how can you? So then how can you honor and show love? For those people that you feel so connected to, without taking anything from them, right. without taking their their goods, without taking their culture, without taking their language, their dress, their uh, dance style, their men. Yes. How can you just help preserve the culture?
0: Their men, their women. How can you help all of it without doing that? And I and I I seriously think people get stumped. Because they they just go with the whole like well, again. That I feel empty. it in my heart. Yeah, the love. Right. But there's love. Yeah. But there's love. No,
1: love is love is being able to see that, see the beauty of it, hold that in your heart. I mean, it's like you know, taking a picture. It's you know, how about just experiencing it right. instead of taking anything? Right. How about just experiencing it?
0: How about experiencing it? And, and connecting on a real present day level and leaving it in that beautiful moment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. will cha- that will change everyone and anyone. It doesn't have to be about this ownership. And I think it's confusing when people are like, "Well, they want us there because who else well, is bringing right. the money?" And that's in? where
1: you have to have responsibility. Exactly. Exactly. You have to have responsibility because I mean I I know this one white woman who, you know, goes to Jamaica and, you know, I I, I like to use Jamaica because it's, um, so heavily colonialized. Yeah. And, um, and, and that still runs in the mental makeup of the people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she goes there, she learns these dances, they put her up on a pedestal. Right. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it's because you're white. Right. You know? And... Um, she's like, no, they genuinely love me. And I'm like, no, you have to understand, you know, the history of Jamaica, like you really need, you can't just go into a country and be like, oh, well, they said it's okay, they gave me permission, like research the country, research Mm -hmm. what they've been through, understand mentally, what's going on here, and then respect the fact that you know there needs to be a, another face involved, right? And not and not just you know you being put up on a pedestal because because that does something for your ego and you're being respected,
0: you know, by this whole black community. Right. I think that a lot of people don't. Um, uh, that confusion uh, is hard. That reasoning because they use it for, as a reasoning to to do to, what they want to do. Oh, so what they, they want to do. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's, it's like a. I'm just respecting their culture. I'm just bringing them what they they don't have access to. Listen to that. Listen to what you just right. said. Right. Right. <laughs> to what, right. I'm just bringing them Jesus. Like I mean, like what? Like, that, like that's doesn't not sounds
1: so familiar. it, does, yeah, it doesn't it sounds sound
0: like what was going on way back in the day. <laughs> right. And I and I have nothing. Like I I um as a black woman who is. Once I started wearing my hair natural, because I have nice, like, afro, my hair is big and thick, and, um, and it, it, and then I have this, like, Irish ge- genetic, so my afro will never stand straight up, but it has, like, right. nice kink, but it just flops, uh-huh. you know? It's like yeah. this, this funky flop it does. Um, so I have, I'm very fair-skinned. Matter of fact, I'm more fair-skinned than you are. Like, we, you have a very nice brown color. I'm, girl, I've always, it's, you know, it's so funny because brown girl, like, girls who have, like, white mothers will be like, I always thought I was... Uh, was lighter, and I'm like, I always... I see myself as darker. Like, when I see myself, I'm like, am I that right. light? Like, I
1: always do, right? No, I know. I, I had a partner who was like, babe, every time you use the emojis, I always see you using the darker one. You need to lighten up a little. Right. <laughs> <laughs> use the lighter emoji, honey. You're not I, that dark. You're and I'm not like, that dark. Well, in the summertime...
0: Like, like, my kids get do it all the time. Mom, you're not that brown. I'm like, oh, all my kids are much browner than me. Um, But it's one of those things where I... The same where we talked about in the beginning of the conversation, how we can go places and they they basically just fit us into any kind of culture that's that's there. Like I'm generally right. mixed with whatever is there. Like if I'm in Miami, I'm mixed with Cuban. If I'm here, I'm mixed with white. If I'm you know if I'm in Hawaii, I'm mixed with whatever you know. So uh-huh. it's it's one of those um, it's one of those things that I I uh, and like you said when I go to a different country, when I'm in Honduras, I'm American, right? Right. <laughs> Oh,
1: yeah, 100. I mean, well, when I was in Ethiopia, I was white. I was white American. Yes. They didn't see me as black. They didn't see me as African.
0: Yes, yes. Sorry to
1: disrupt your your dream. Right, Right. (laughs) Because a lot of people think they'll go to Africa and be, like, fully embraced. And I'm
0: like, nope, not quite. (laughs) Yes, yeah, no. I think it's, when you go, you gotta, when you go and you learn, and you want to be a part of this culture, you want to be spiritually sound, that's exactly what you have to do is understand that the shadow side of why you're even seeking it out is where, when people want to talk about their ego, is where it's bruised and where you're not facing it. That shadow piece of it is your bruised ego, and that is exactly what you're bypassing by not directly going into the responsibility you have as white folks around, around black and brown people, wherever you are. Exactly. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean... You know, and and whatever that stems from, oh, when I was a child, I wasn't loved by my mom or I wasn't accepted and this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, I just think that on the whole, people need to be more whole. (laughs) They need to do the work to look at their stuff um, and to be honest about it in safe spaces so that we can, you know, begin the dialogue. And I also wanted to say, just as an aside, that all this talk is real and also we do need to respect the fact that you know um there are you know spaces for white folks who are aware yeah. of themselves mm-hmm. their their race their their privilege that they're able to be allies yes and to bring the message and to bring but it it needs to be done with respect it needs to be done with much thinking and 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 much uh you know work on their part for you know, creating self-awareness around their privilege, around, you know, their shadow, around where have they, you know, spiritually bypassed, etc. So, I mean, I, I will say that there's space for that. However, you know, it needs to be done, you know, very carefully and, you know, with with a lot of awareness.
0: I think it's, I think it's, resp- I mean, yeah, you're right. And I think it's, like you said, when we were joking around earlier, it's like, slow down, Susan. Like, it's it's one of those things where you just can't you, you if you really want to learn about the damage that's been done on a DNA cellular level, let's have level, the
1: difficult conversations. let
0: But you gotta you know, do it. You know, don't just do go
1: somewhere and learn a dance and bring it back and say, oh, I'm down. You're <laughs> right, not down. Right. Let's don't just go somewhere and have a kid
0: and bring them back and be like, I got black kids. I that's got what, brown I mean, kids
1: yeah. <laughs> before I buy into the black experience. Yeah. No, you
0: don't. You don't. You don't. And, and then not understanding, like, why, like, I don't understand why that's racist. You have got to stop. And stop asking right. us why it's racist. Like it's yeah, you, you need to educate yourself. I it's, mean, it's really on your that? own history. It's on your own history. Right. You know, exactly. you cannot. Yeah, you can't be one and not the other. Like you've got to understand where the damage is coming from. You as if we're representing something, so are you. And every day, that everyday idea of ownership where people um, don't slow it down enough to say, you know, this isn't really mine to say, this isn't really mine to do. This isn't This isn't. I don't even. I I don't need to ask permission. Right. Whoa. Like I don't.
1: They're not used to having to ask
0: permission. Right. And, and the permission that I need to ask, I actually need to understand that who I'm speaking to and what direction that's coming from. Because if you're asking somebody who is desolate and needing money for their family permission to, to do their dance and you're like, yeah, I've got the money for you. What does right. that sound like? What does right. that sound like? You right. know, and they are going like, to oh, take well, it. well
1: that's how they live in their country right. and I gave them a hundred dollars because that goes a long way in their country. In, in
0: their country. So they, I Come mean, they now. were totally fine. They're totally yeah. fine you got to understand yeah, what, is per- what you're perpetuating. Um, and yeah. and it's not to say don't, don't, it's not, like you said, it's not to say not to participate. But understand how you are participating and what you are with doing. with
1: responsibility yes. and, uh, and awareness. That's it. How are you impacting the people and the spaces around you? How are you... Perpetuating this, the you know the the system and you know the privilege, or are you at all? Let's, right. You know, let's have the conversation and which, let's create some mindfulness. Everybody's talking about mindfulness, mindfulness practices and meditation. Let's do that.
0: And that's what I'm saying. When we we're talking to to begin with, in the first place, is the spiritual bypassing all of this responsibility. If you ha- if you take it head on, and you do this work spiritually, you'll be more clear. You're, oh my God! Uh, right. Like a hundred. 100 so yeah um so there's that right <laughs> so,
1: definitely well, i mean bloop, drops mic and walks away what? like <laughs> if you want to talk about spirituality and you want to talk about being good in the astral you know
0: yeah yeah
1: let's talk about doing the work let's talk That's about why it we're you here. know let's having to have a hard conversation let's let's con- do the confrontation i mean you know i had a mentor and she would always say make every day a good day to die and I never knew what she meant until I had a spiritual death, and then I had another spiritual death, and now every day is a good day to die. Right. I'm like, let's do it, let's go. Because what she meant is get so real, get so now, current, self aware that you have made peace, you right. ha- you are in peace, you're at peace, you've confronted your shadow, you've, you know, I, I always think of, like, you know, the, um,
0: Get uncomfortable. the
1: steps of, right. like, Al-Anon, or, you know, any of these, you know, um, you know, recovery programs, it's like that, like, do the work, do the steps, yeah. you know, make amends, you know, yeah. admit out loud the shit that you've done, and, you know, and and then you can, you know, move forward, I mean, like, for me, there was, I remember there was this one time, I was having this conversation with um, a white woman, and and we were like, we had both gone to Africa, she had gone to Ghana, I had gone to Ethiopia, and I lied, because the white woman had talked about some orphanage um, in Ethiopia, and I, I, Lied and I said I went there mm-hmm. and it was old and I couldn't figure out I was like hurting inside I, like so embarrassed and so like um couldn't forgive myself right and I didn't realize why I had lied and the reason I had lied is because I felt like you know like you're you're so fucking or sorry you're <laughs> so you're so white and you went there and you did all this I as a black person needed to do more
0: Right, You know, and so
1: that's where, you know, this like, you know, um, mm, these, you know, the self-internalized, you know, like, uh, hatred or like the jealousy or like the, you know, like, why are, you know, white people all up in my business, you know, meaning Africa's business, meaning, you know... Oh yeah, I went there and I donated, you know. And they say it, she said it in such a lofty way, and I was just like, I went there too,
0: right? You know, <laughs> you're like, you're, like, and, you're not better was, than me, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and I was, you know, this was before I knew the language of like spiritual bypassing, cultural yeah. appropriation. This was before I had educated myself, and I didn't understand why I felt so. Um, such a need, but that's my shadow, right? Yeah, like, that's the shadow work. That's the shadow to really, you know, look at that.
0: And, and but that's it. that defensiveness Where is from it's, it's, yeah, is that protectiveness too? It's it's a it's um it's complicated because, like you said, it goes way down into your DNA. It goes way down into way down. Your, your value. Yep. It goes way down into to protection of of um yourself and the worth that yes. that she was still pressing down on you even in. Even through Ethiopia, she was still more right. on it was, top it of it than you like could a, be. You right. know, like and it was
1: almost like a competition. Like, yes. oh, who went to Africa and did more? Right? Who you know? who
0: was the savior this time around? Like, that's not what you. Right? That, nah, that's not. That, it wasn't even actually the same. Com- actually, you know, I'm sure, like in retrospect, like you could see that you guys weren't even having the same conversation. You know what I mean? Like, well, of course. But, right? Yeah,
1: like that was I think I was you know in my late 20s when that happened yes 40 about to be 42 now so
0: right you know yes growth growth right you know Growth. growth
1: with awareness and just seeing how like you know I I Felt that I needed to compete
0: with that, yeah. You know, um, um, I, th- I yeah. think, I think that because uh, we're like overtime now. Because clearly, oh, we gotcha. could no, we totally could be overtime. Like we can talk about this all week long. Like, yeah, all- <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a, it's a great conversation. I cannot express my gratitude enough, Raisha, for you coming on and really getting like deep and personal about this in the spiritual. Uh, meaning that it has for us as a collective um, a black collective yeah Yeah. it means a lot Um, yeah
1: it means a lot for me I'm so glad we remet because I know we met sometime back in whatever days (laughs) and I remember your face but don't know where from but I'm so glad that we reconnected and yeah this is yeah, it's a great. Thank you for creating the space, the yeah. opportunity. It's been great. I, I
0: appreciate am, you. I am um, more than um, like you know. I don't even know what to say about it. Like it's just, it's just like wow. You know, it's great. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's clo- let's close that off. Stay on the line, Raja, real quick. So I'm just going to end it on the radio here, and we still okay. have Facebook Live for a little bit. Um, okay. I wanted to let Eugene know that I do have a Patreon page that will support my work as a podcaster and allow my um, platform to grow and to hopefully um be able to move through and out and around um and it is patreon.com black girl from eugene underscore one i'm also on facebook and on instagram same thing black girl from eugene so follow me there support me everywhere and i appreciate all that you are thank you so much